Good morning. Good morning. That's what I'm talking about. I know, I know the children of God ain't that quiet, especially after singing about Jesus, huh? The name above all names. I hope y'all had a good Christmas and you ate and I ate a whole bunch. Uh, but I loved it. Good time with the family, but you know it's always good to be with the family of God. Amen. There was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And one night he came to Jesus in John 3, verse 2, and he says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless it is with him. Nicodemus, as well as many in the time of Jesus, understood that the signs or miracles that Jesus performed were not ordinary. They were something that were extraordinary and could only come from God. You know, the word miracle in the Greek, it's a, it's a sign, a prodigy, an unusual occurrence transcending the common course of nature. Men prove the cause they are pleading is from God, not from men, through miracles. We, uh, the, the people who saw these miracles, and we understand from God's Word that when they saw these miracles, it was to point them to God so they would believe in Him. That's what a miracle is. It's something that's from God, not from man. And in our Bible classes, we are studying the miracles of Jesus. So what I want to do is continue on that uh, journey with the Bible classes. If you would, turn with me to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17, uh, the verses 24 and 27. The Bible classes today talked about the uh, tribute money or the temple tax miracle is what I'm going to be talking about. Uh, They talked about the withered fig tree miracle where Jesus uh, goes to a fig tree and he tells it because there wasn't any figs on it that it wasn't going to be able to produce anymore and it withers up. And the miracle of the second miracle of Jesus telling the disciples at the end of his ministry uh, to cast their net on the right side and to bring in all the fish. Another miracle we... Not going to really talk about it, but all of these uh, miracles are to teach us something. And they were to show these disciples how powerful and how awesome Jesus really was. At the beginning of this chapter, chapter 17, is where Jesus takes James, John, and, and Peter up on the mountain, and, you know, he's transfigured up there. A great. Seen, I'm sure, for them to see Moses and Elijah and him and God speaking from heaven. And then he comes down and, and he heals this boy where the disciples couldn't heal this boy. And, and they were wondering why. And he tells them it's because of their unbelief. 
And he says at the end, in verse 21, the end of that story, he says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting, this demon that was in this boy. And then he tells them uh, in verses 22 and 23 of chapter 17 that he's going to die and that he's going to uh, be betrayed and, and into the hands of men and they're going to kill him. But on the third day, he's going to be raised up. And that's kind of where we are in the context. They were in Galilee and then... This is where we pick up in verse 24. When they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the temple tax? He said, Yes. And when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him, saying, What do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes? From their sons or from strangers? Peter said to him, from strangers. Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, and take the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. So as they come into Capernaum, let let me just talk about this story. Uh, Peter walks up and these guys that collect this temple tax. Now this temple tax was something that was uh, instituted in Exodus chapter 30. If you want to look back at it. Exodus chapter 30, it really starts in verse 11 and it goes to, uh, to verse 16. And the law required that people paid this tax towards the sanctuary or the tabernacle for things to get done in the, uh, for the, whatever it needed to be done, whatever construction or things that had been torn up, things that needed to be fixed, this tax went to help do that. And so here the uh, guys that are collecting this tax come up to Peter and, and they ask him, they say, uh, does your rabbi not pay this tax? And you know that Jesus isn't a uh, guy that dodges things. So obviously what Jesus is doing is he's trying to teach something. Always a teacher. Always focused on helping people to be better in the kingdom. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that the type of person you want to be? So fixed on the kingdom that you want to help other people to grow and, and learn more about Jesus. And learn about the kingdom and what it's about. That's what Jesus' mind frame was. You know, so Peter, they said, Don't, doesn't your teacher pay this temple tax? And he says, yes. And then he goes into the house, and I think about that. Maybe he, I don't know, I'm just kind of thinking about the story. Maybe Peter answered before he really knew what Jesus might answer. He says the answer, but he's maybe thinking, does he really want to pay the tax or does he pay this tax and when he comes in Jesus immediately asks him a question he says what do you think Simon from whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes this is verse uh, 25 from their sons or from the strangers so when the kings collect taxes just in general they don't 
tax their family, their sons, do they? No, they tax the people. The strangers in this sense is the people. And Peter answers right. He says, the strangers. So when you think about the temple, whose temple is it? It's God's temple. So really, who is Jesus? God's son, right? Matthew 16, Peter already professes that he believes that Jesus is the son of the living God. And so Jesus, he says in verse 26, then the sons are free, right? I don't really have to pay this tax, really, because I'm the son of God, right? But look what Jesus says in verse 27, and this is where I want to uh, begin my lesson. He says, Nevertheless, even though I am the Son of God, and really this is my temple, nevertheless, lest we offend them. The King James, uh, the definition of this Greek word in the King James says, a stumbling block. Are we a stumbling block not only to brothers and sisters in Christ, but people that we are surrounded by? Family, our friends, co-workers. If you say that you're a Christian and you say that you're a child of God, are you a stumbling block to somebody? Think about it. When you obeyed the gospel and you said, you know what, I am willing to confess to anybody that I believe Jesus is the Son of God, and I believe that no matter what, I'm going to shine my light in such a way to affect people's lives, you took on something. What did Jesus say? Pick up your cross and follow me. He wanted you to be an example. Are you in your life, you have to think about it and think about how you are uh, in your daily routine, a stumbling block. When people see you, when they think about you, when they think about your name, does it cause people to stumble? Does it cause uh, people to be weak in their faith? If we're going to be effective, soldiers, you know, we're soldiers in the Lord's army, right? We're a part of an army that is uh, to go out into all the world and, and preach the gospel. And tell people this this beautiful treasure that God has given us. We cannot be a stumbling block. And we can avoid it. And I've got three ways that we can look at our lives and see if we really are a stumbling block to somebody. I mean, Jesus, think about the story. Jesus tells uh, Peter, nevertheless, 
I'm the son of God. And I'm still not going to cause these people to have any confusion, struggle, or trial in their life that would come from me. Go out and throw this rod into the water and the first fish you pull up is going to have a coin in its mouth. Don't you think when imagine that going fishing and then you pull somebody tells you Sammy says, "Hey man, I got a good fishing spot. Let's go over here." <laughs> and it's got money. Fish have money in their mouths in this spot. And then you go over there and you pull it up and lo and behold, here comes a quarter or a half dollar. The bass has a half dollar in its mouth. I mean that That just goes to prove how awesome Jesus was. And you know Peter in his mind, as he's learning these things, he's thinking, man, I'm around somebody that's different. I'm truly around God. And he's saying, he could have proved his point. He could have proved that I don't have to pay this tax. But he didn't. He said, nevertheless, lest one of these guys stumble, we're going to pay it anyway. Think about Jesus. What did he do? The first thing, uh, if we want to avoid being a stumbling block, and what Jesus did was he denied himself. When we decide to become a Christian and follow Jesus, our life should be about his business and what brings him glory. Amen? Man, this is a, a, a lesson for me to train myself. I can really spiritually grow when I think about, it's not about me. How many people can I go affect? But not even actually out here. How many people do I affect in my house? How many people do I have an effect on? My kids, my husband, my wife, my mother-in-law, my mama and my daddy. Galatians 2.20, flip there with me real quick. Galatians 2.20. You know, Jesus denied Himself. He was God. And we can deny ourselves, and this is how. We use God's Word to help guide us and control us. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ... It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. I'm not going to be a stumbling block to my family because it's not about me. It's about me showing what it is about me, showing Christ. Seriously, think about this. Challenge yourself to think about your life and think about how you can grow spiritually. 2 Corinthians 5.15 says, And He died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for Him who died for them and rose again.
that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for Him. Just down a little bit below that, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So what we say, so what we do, so how we do it is focused on Him. This alone will change your family. This alone will change the people around you. And I'm not preaching that we don't do this, but I'm encouraging you to do it more. If Jesus can do this, we should be able to do this. How would it make you feel right now If you knew for certain, no doubting, that the way you were living and the things that you're doing in your life is causing someone to stumble, how does that make you feel? If I knew for sure, you know, I watched an episode of Blue Bloods and the assistant district attorney district attorney is the commissioner's daughter and there was an informant that was working for her and he got killed well the wife of this informant came to her busted in her office and said appreciate it thanks for killing my husband it was all about you and what you wanted i really appreciate you doing that to my son. Now, I don't even have a... I mean, my husband, I don't have a husband now, and I don't... My, my, my kids don't have a daddy, thanks. It turns out that she was the one that killed the husband. But when that initially happened to her, she felt terrible. She went to the lady's house, and the lady just yelled at her and told her, Get out of my house. Think about your life right now. Think about the things that you do. Think about the way that you act around your kids or, or, your, or your, your, your family or your co-workers. And the things that you're doing, they may not be necessarily bad things, but they may not be things that are uh, going to help the kingdom. How would you feel if you knew for sure that you were affecting them? Really, you can. How are you living, brothers and sisters? How am I living? Am I hateful? Do I have a bad attitude? Do I not want to get up and come to worship? Do I not want to come to the events? Do I not want to come and, and open the Bible with my family and have Bible time with them? Number two, we can avoid being a stumbling block when we begin to think about others. 
Jesus' mind was on teaching the disciples and on others. Remember we talked about the compassion of Jesus. Well, here it is again. He was so concerned about shining the light and setting the example to not make these guys that collected this tax stumble. He said, nevertheless, we're going to pay them anyway. Just pay them. But you understand who I am, right? That's the point. I'm right. You may be right in a situation. You may have gotten into it with somebody and and you guys are having a problem and you may be in the right. But what's Jesus do? Nevertheless, we offend them. Mark 12, 30. We know this verse. Mark 12, 30 and 31. And you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. No other commandment greater than these. Love the Lord and love somebody else. When we do these things, we can change people's lives for the positive You know, you do something good for somebody, that's great. But when you do it for God's glory and they understand that it's God's glory, it's different. you got weight behind it. You're pointing to to people to something that will change their life forever and ever. But if your life is in such a way that it's causing the people... Just take your family... To stumble, have you really counted the cost? Is it really worth being a Christian? It is. And you can do it. But you have to make sure that you're checking yourself, you're checking your life. This is not an impossible task. You know, we love God. Because He first loved us. And we love Him by keeping His commandments and doing what He asks us to do. John 14, 15, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. When we say that we love others and we do care about others, then is our life a stumbling block? The third thing we can avoid from being a stumbling block is when we realize just I love this point. I wanted to hurry up and get to it. Just how important you are. Everybody see this? 
I hope you can't. Everybody see us? This is a little block Libby got. It's got Minnie Mouse, green, division sign, Donald Duck, and the X. I want to keep it on this X. Let's check that out. The other day I was in the kitchen and I was walking over to get in the drawer and lo and behold, this block was sitting by the drawer. So, as I walked over there, guess what happened? I stepped on it and just about busted. Now, I didn't. I held it good. I mean, I held it good. Well, you know what your first reaction is. You've got to look around to see if anybody saw it, right? I want to make sure Isaac didn't see it because I know the jokes would have been out. Turn around, there's Aaron. And you know what you do, you always do it, you say, you make sure they're okay, you alright? I'm like, yeah, I'm alright. And then, (laughs) then the laughing started. (laughs) You see, it don't take much for somebody to stumble. Are you the cause of it? Are you this block? It may be a little bitty thing that you're doing. It almost made me fall. When we realize that even the smallest things in our life can pull someone away from God, then we realize how important we are. How important we are. The things we do are. Because what we do matters. Amen. What you do matters. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. I want to show you another example of this. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 as I close. What we do matters. What you do matters. You know, chapter 8 of 1 Corinthians, and I don't have time to deal with the whole chapter, but I'm just going to give you a quick summary. There was, there was some trouble going on about idols uh, with this meat sacrificed to them, whether you should eat it or not. There was uh, some struggle talking about it. And... Uh, you know, they, they, some were saying that you should, some were saying that you shouldn't. And Paul, he, he says, you know, we understand that there's one God and idols aren't anything. And let's read what he says, though. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 9 through 13. Be encouraged by this, brethren. But beware lest somehow this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block for those who are weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating an idol's in an idol's temple, will not the conscience of him who is weak become emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? 
And because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died? But when you thus sin against the brethren and wound the weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Here it is, brothers and sisters. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat again, lest I make my brother stumble. I'm going to be above it. Even if somebody's wronged me, even if somebody's done something terrible to me, I'm going to be above it. I'm not going to cause them to stumble because I love Jesus so much. Think about what Paul's doing. And Jesus, the same thing. He denied himself. He thinks about others. And he thought about how important his actions were. This is not just something that uh, these people in the Bible can do. We can do the same thing on a daily basis. But the challenge is, how important is Jesus to you? How important is Jesus and the Christian life to you? From a simple miracle of a coin coming out of a fish's mouth, we see that Jesus helps us to understand that being a stumbling block affects people's lives. And if we want to be pleasing to Him and we want to be pleasing to the Father, we must check ourselves and our actions and the way that we live our life and make sure that we are not a stumbling block to our children. Bless their heart. We're trying to teach them and admonish them and bring them up in the way of the Lord, right? If we're not doing the things we're supposed to do, what are we doing? We've become a stumbling block to these kids. And when we die, the next generation comes up and doesn't understand how important it is to be a Christian and the disciplines that come with being a Christian. Here it is, brothers and sisters. It don't take much. Paul understood it. Jesus understood it. Do we understand it? Do I understand it? Are you here today and you are a stumbling block to somebody or have been a stumbling block to somebody? You can make it right today. Do you need to confess that you've been that type of person? Are you here today and Satan has been a stumbling block to you because you haven't obeyed the gospel? You may be know what the gospel is. You may have heard the gospel, but you haven't obeyed it. Don't let Satan be a stumbling block to you. Don't let somebody else be a stumbling block to you from keeping you from uh, becoming a child of God. Because you can. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. 
And the Word of God says that Jesus came to this earth, He died and He was buried, and He was raised on the third day. And He was raised for us. He died for us, for our sins. He was the propitiation. He was the ultimate sacrifice for us. Do you believe that? And if you do believe that, then what you uh, will want to do and what I encourage you to do is to say, you know what, I want to change my life. I want to live for uh, somebody better than myself. Well, you can. It's Jesus. You can repent and turn from your old ways. And you can confess the beautiful name of Jesus and, and tell people that you believe that He's the Son of the living God. And be baptized in water for the remission. I'm telling you, your sins will be forgiven. And when you ask for forgiveness, Jesus, His blood has cleansed your sins. And when you ask for forgiveness, God will forgive you. That's awesome. But that's just the beginning of the journey. And here we are, brothers and sisters. We're all living this journey, ain't we? We're all walking this Christian walk. And if we have become a stumbling block, stop. Check yourself. Realize what you're doing and change. Because Jesus said, if you're faithful unto death, you'll receive the crown of life. If you need to have the prayers of the uh, church or you need to obey the truth, the gospel, come right now together we stand and sing.